Welcome to the Competitive 40K Podcast, brought to you by Vanguard Tactics. It's our mission to help you play, progress, and perform at this incredible game of Warhammer 40K, giving sportsmanship and fair play at its absolute core. I'm your host, Dave Colmel, a proud Irish warrior who's left my island to help my friend lay siege to the castle at York. And of course, the leader of this siege is my friend and one of the coaches for Vanguard Tactics. He is the William Wallace to my Stephen, Michael Costello. Mike, how's it going? You can't take our children and you can take our land, but you can never take our freedom. That was obviously uh, exactly what um, Braveheart sounded like. Absolutely, yeah. If he was Italian. Yes. Yeah. Your your, your Scottish-Italian accent was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Been practicing. Well done. So, uh, I actually wasn't sure. I'm like, I don't know if, cause I know that that movie is not historically accurate. Also, I was, as, as you and I are talking and I'm typing up the notes for this, I'm like, am I going to alienate half the audience? Because I know that this is y'all's like heritage. It's like somebody screwing <laughs> up, you know, some story about the, you know, founding of the United States or something for me. Uh, no, I think you're all right. Um, the okay. film is suitably, uh, historically inaccurate that, um, you're okay. Okay. No, nobody, nobody nice takes thing. offense that it. Uh, nobody in the UK takes offense at it. Well, maybe some people in Scotland do, but maybe. maybe. Yeah. So, uh, also, hey, are you a uh, are you a pro wrestling fan? Uh, I Jake is. I used to be. Okay. I was just curious if if uh, if you were excited because they're I guess they're doing a big uh, WWE is doing a big event in Cardiff in like two weeks. Oh, cool. So they're doing the Clash at the Castle, and I was like. I wonder if this is like if if it's a big deal over there or you know, not so much. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of wrestling fans. Um, I think I left a bit after Nakamura was like the height of entertainment. Oh, okay. Um, so it's yeah. it's it's been a good ten years for you. Yeah, basically. Okay, got it. I just started getting back into watching it with with uh, Gabby, my little my littlest. So we just yeah. watch it in the morning a little bit before we go to school. So, uh, anyway, all right. But uh, yeah, enough of us uh, talking about. Um, you know the vagaries of, of UK culture let's talk about our sponsor Siege Studios who is uh, a proud member of uh, the UK but not vague in any way shape or form in what they can provide uh, they are the place to go they are the one stop shop for uh, for your painting needs um, if you want uh, some to, somebody to help you out and paint your models for you get your stuff painted up from anything from battle ready to golden demon standard they are the place to provide you with those services. And they are also the ones, if you want to do, do it yourself and improve your skills, sign up for some of their classes and workshops. Uh, we're actually going to have James on to do a full um, episode, I believe, sometime coming up soon. So uh, Steve and I were talking about just having James on for a whole segment. So uh, it, please, ladies and gentlemen, check out Siege Studios. They continue to sponsor uh, this podcast. They sponsor the, uh, some of the YouTube content, the live stream games that, uh, that Steve and Mike do. So and the rest of the VT team. So uh, please check them out on Instagram and on the internet at, the, at their website, siegestudios.co.uk. Uh, and then um, some just quick Academy announcements. Academy is still in, I think they're just starting week eight. So um, no, no re- new registration yet coming up until probably November, but keep an eye out. Uh, make sure you, uh, you can probably go online, I think, and sign up for uh, early notification uh, or that we'll probably get announced on our community Facebook page, the competitive 40 K podcast community page. The password to log into that is still at least for the rest of this week. Uh, Fabius bile, no spaces, just Fabius bile, smash it all together. No, no space, no underscore. And that's your password to join into this great community 
where we all talk about uh, all things wonderfully 40K and uh, emphasize sportsmanship and fair play. Uh, and then there's a couple of events coming up we should, uh, everybody should be aware of. I know Steve's going to be at the uh, Herefordshire GT coming up um, in two weeks, I think it is, right? And then That's right, yeah. Yeah, and then and that same weekend, you're going to be at the Unconquerable GT. Yeah, the Unconquerable so, GT. Yeah, yep. uh, we are. Uh, we're not going to discuss. I know there was some some talk yesterday on the on our group chat about uh, you about what faction you were going to be taking to that, but we're mm-hmm. not going to say anything because we don't want to tip hands. So, got to keep a secret. Or or are you st- or are you still st- or are you just still sticking with Night Lords and and the other alternate faction you were considering is going to remain alternate. Yeah, I think I think I'm just going to stick with uh, Night Lords. I think in the end, um, you know, as as much as it's like a quite a competitive event. Um, yeah. If I'm not, you know, I want to go and have fun. So uh, I'm going to take right. the army. I've been enjoying. Uh, yeah, and that's 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 the the good thing to do is go and go and play. Don't kid out and be hyper competitive, and because then you a you put a lot of pressure on yourself, and b yeah, this is still a game. So as competitive as as it can be, we want to have a good time. So uh, and then don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, um, LGT is coming up at the end of September, the London Grand Tournament, and that means that the night before the London Grand Tournament is the Vanguard Tactics Workshop. Mike will be there along with Steven. Uh, Kyle, Ben, the rest of the coaching team uh, from Vanguard Tactics, I believe, will all be there. So go sign up, get a ticket, go check it out. Uh, you'll get to see the uh, the LGT terrain the night before, so you get a little bit of a heads up so you can do your be working it over and thinking about it, planning your deployments for the next day, uh, and uh, get some great information, get a little hands-on practice, and maybe a little get some coaching tips from the guys. And last but not least, ladies and gentlemen, please go online and check out Harder and Steenbeck and check out the, uh, the fundraiser that they're doing. Uh, as I said in the last couple episodes, assuming these all get released in, in order, of course, uh, that uh, they have partnered up with Vanguard Tactics to do a, a charity fundraiser for a children's hospital, a children's cancer ward in Ukraine, uh, all uh, based around because there was a, there's a huge artist community. A lot of them have had to flee, unfortunately, because of the the war going on, but there is and has been a huge artist community the last few years in Ukraine, including some great airbrush artists. So Harder and Steenbeck wanted to to jump in and help that community out uh, in that artist that artist community and, and just the people in general. This has nothing to do with the war, nothing to do with Russia. It's not a political statement. This is just helping kids uh, who are afflicted with cancer, which we all know is nightmarish at any age and especially bad for kids. So uh, it's a good cause. You can buy a fantastic top of the line airbrush uh and and donate the proceeds to charity it's it's a win-win-win for everybody so please check them out last but certainly not least please like share subscribe give us a five-star review uh and of course you guys remember that uh you can if you want to send in questions for rules lawyer or if you want to uh get us any uh just just comment and and let us know how you're doing or how we're doing or let us know how you're doing sure you know we love to talk all things 40k so reach out and, and uh, don't be afraid to contact us you can reach mike on instagram at, at vt underscore mike underscore uh, you can find me on instagram at, at infantry lawyer uh, and don't forget to go to www.vanguardtactics.com for all information about the academy and last but not least don't forget to check out youtube and all of the great content the live stream games every week um, and all that so with all of that said ladies and gentlemen we are here discuss the siege masters or at least the ones they think they're the siege masters they think they're better than the iron than uh, the imperial fists the other siege masters the sons of perturabo the iron warriors iron within iron without
Indeed. Um, yeah, Iron Warriors, they're a really interesting um, one. Like at first glance, they might seem quite quite boring. Um, I almost uh, think about them the same way I think about Iron Hands, um, except the Iron Hands actually are boring. Um, so the Iron <laughs> Warriors, uh, the Iron Warriors, um, they're very, very bitter. Uh, Perturabo always seems to be this sort of petty character. Uh, so it's really interesting seeing Iron Warriors get uh, all of this cool stuff, and I'm very excited to talk about it. Yeah, I, I, I always liked, because I love the idea of siege warfare. I mean, you and I were talking during the greener about all the different great siege movies out there. Mm-hmm. I like sieges. I always love the idea of how castles were defended um, around the world during medieval times. Uh, and the so the idea of siege warriors, if I was going to do a chaos faction just off of their their story and their background, I kind of would want to do Iron Warriors. I just, I dig it. And I actually, yeah. and I'm just reading Siege of Terra and I just got to the port where uh, Perturaba realized that Horus was going to be, this was now a thing about demons and other worldly things. And it's not, that's this, the siege that he wanted. So Perturaba took the Iron Warriors and went, nope, we're out. Later. Peace. Fair enough. So he, let's start with petty, as we were saying. But, he is okay. very petty. He's like, <laughs> you're not doing it my way. I'm going to take my toys and go home into the warp. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, let's talk Legion trait. What, what you got? Okay, so the Legion trait literally is iron within, iron without. Um, now, each time a model with this trait makes an attack, the target does not receive the benefits of cover against that attack. Okay, so if you're shooting, your opponent's not going to get the benefits of light cover, that plus one to their armor save. They're also not going to get the benefit of dense cover, which is minus one to hit them with your ranged weapons. Further to this... If they were under the effects of something like heavy cover, you'd also ignore that because it's any time you make an attack. Heavy cover obviously is relatively rare, um, but you never know. We may see an increase of it in some future changes. Who knows? Yeah. Like you and I talked during uh, the our Alpha Legion review, mm-hmm. heavy cover is few and far between, but we may actually start to see more of it pop up yeah. here and there, hopefully. Exactly. Right, and then just before I read the second bullet point, um, it has changed. Uh, it's not the same one that's in the actual codex. Um, so in the codex, it essentially reduces AP. Uh, now, as we know, as it stands with the data slates, all power armor um, models reduce incoming AP by one. It's called Armor of Contempt. Okay, so obviously the Iron Warriors had to have their second part of their trait changed. And that change is that you cannot reroll wounds against an Iron Warriors unit or a unit with this trait. Oh, okay. So they got the, the salamander's treatment. Essentially the salamander's treatment, yes. Got it. And you know what? It's very good, um, in my humble opinion, because it there is are very good. Some pretty tough units in here. Yeah, yeah. I uh uh Shauna was playing Valorous Heart for a while and I was it was frustrating me that I couldn't reroll any of my wound rolls against her, but mm. she switched back over to Bloody Rose because my wife's very violent, but um <laughs> uh, but I still love. I still think it's a great, uh, a great ability to have that you can't reroll wounds against your entire mm-hmm. army. That's because a lot of people bank on those rerolls and making them taking that entire yeah. function away. Yeah, exactly. Like often you'll have you'll have like a character that's built to kill, and they'll have inbuilt rerolls or something to make them really good at killing stuff. Um, yeah. Or you might want to do a CP just to make sure a unit dies. Guess what? You can't CP reroll it. Right. Uh, it is, uh, I think, quietly powerful. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, and the secondary objective is Masters of Demolition. I have not okay. read all this. Please sum it up for me. Uh, yes. So um, during the Resolve pre-battles step, 
are you your opponent sets up three objective markers on the battlefield. Now these do not count as objective markers for any other purpose than this objective. Okay, um, they have to be on the ground level, not within nine inches of each other, and not within six of any battlefield edge. Okay, uh, they also can't be set up on terrain features with the unstable position trait. Basically, you can't put the objective on top of um, uh, like a barricade or something silly, right? Uh, where you couldn't set a bottle up. Okay, um, if it's impossible to set up an objective marker in this way, uh, then it's not set up. So each uh, marker represents a demolition site, um, and your Iron Warriors infantry units can now attempt an action at any of those sites. Okay, um, so it says here they can start the perform the action at the start of your movement phase. So start of your movement phase. I mean that's already a massive turn off for me. Um, if it's in range of a demolition site mark, uh, objective marker and no enemy units uh, excluding aircraft are in range of that marker, it's completed at the end of the turn, providing they're still within range of it. And if completed, um, it's considered demolished and it's removed from the, uh, the battlefield. Uh, you get four points each time you do it, and you get an additional three points if the marker was within six inches of your opponent's deployment zone. Okay, so let's sum this up. Your opponent places three markers. Um, you do an action at the start of your movement phase on them. It's completed at the end of the turn, and you have to do it with an infantry unit. All right. You get four points if um, you do the action on the objective marker, and you get three more if uh, that objective marker was within six of their deployment zone. So your opponent just has to deploy them at seven inches from their deployment zone, so you still have to go all the, all the way across the table to yeah. get to it, and you don't get the extra three points. That's right. And this is in shadow operations, which is the same category for yeah. raised banners, R&D. Frankly, on complexity alone, um, I don't think this is going to see much play, just because it's hard to keep track of. Yeah. It's a cool idea. And the fact that you can't even start it with, if an enemy unit is within range of it also yeah, makes it. and it's next to their deployment zone. And you start at the start of your movement phase. So you can't even move on to it. Right. You have to already be in range. It's, yeah, I, I, I don't really... Yeah, it, let's move on. That's way too complex, especially for something that you're very likely, at best, going to score 12 on. Yeah, I would have much preferred to see something vehicle-based uh, or to do with destroying vehicles. Yeah. A bit like the Iron Hands have a secondary that's quite interesting, so maybe just going that route would have been better. Yeah, destroying vehicles or, you know... I mean, if fortifications were, were played by anybody besides me, then, you know... Destroying fortifications would be a great thing for them. 10 to do, VP but... if you destroy a fortification. Right. Because that worked so well against knights. Um, but uh, yeah, something like that. So speaking of, uh, speaking of fortifications, I'm going to veer us way off into the weeds real quick. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're an Eldari player and you play the Webway Gate, put it down like it looks on the friggin' box. Do not do this nonsense where you glue the whole thing together and it looks like a some sort of deformed rainbow and you've glued the two things together and it takes up all of about three square inches on the tabletop. That's not playing as intended. That's trying to cheese things so that you can play around it. Terrain rules. I've seen that at multiple tournaments now. Drives me up the wall. Stop it. All right, rant over. Oh, fair enough. Well justified. Um... It's just massive pet peeve. And this, since I saw another picture of somebody doing that the other day, just mm. raised my blood pressure again. All right. Enough of my ranting. Warlord traits. Siege Lord. It sounds great. Please tell me yep. it's good. Well, you see, this is where if someone's got a, a gate 
In fact, it doesn't matter because you can't target a gate, so never mind. Um, right. In your command phase, select one friendly Iron Warriors core or vehicle unit within six. Great. You can't normally give abilities to vehicles, so this is nice. Right. Uh, till the start of your next command phase, um, if they attack uh, a vehicle or building with a weapon that strengths seven or more, plus one to the damage characteristic. So let's imagine you've got some Havocs with auto cannons um, and you are shooting a vehicle, uh, for example, a Rhino. Uh, your auto cannons are now damaged three. Right. Um, it's pretty cool. This is this. Yeah, it, this is the iron, uh, the uh, Imperial fists super mm-hmm. doctrine. And yeah, you can use it all game. Yeah, that's not bad. This not bad is this is way better than Imperial fists already. Yeah. And with, with knights out there, you know, I can see some use for this. Certainly. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, even if you're even if you didn't already have you know whatever soul shredder life ending laser cannon improvements that already do d6 plus two, I'm not bitter mm-hmm. at all. Uh, should also add that this is not just for ranged weapons, um, so you could do this in oh. combat as well. So if you've got power fists on your terminators and you do this suddenly against vehicles, they damage three. Yeah, yeah, very cool. All right, mm. I'm digging it. I like it. Um, we're not in a in a crazily heavy vehicle meta right now but you know it's like um, aircraft is starting to make a comeback yeah Island king is out there and and some of the other you know yeah. out there so yeah i i like it it, it works for me cool. all right what about the next one D, uh demon smith demon smith uh so in your command phase you select another command ability um so this is for a demon engine a cult of destruction unit so basically a blit raiders uh, i'm not sure why they don't just put blit raiders if i'm honest um or machine spirit unit within six inches of this warlord. Um, so any demon engine, obliterators, and or a land raider. Got it. Now, I don't know if the Forge World Index, uh, when it is eventually updated, will have any cult of destruction or machine spirit models in it. Um, I expect there might be a few. Uh, either way, um, till the start of your next command phase, you get plus one to hit on any of your attacks. All right. Especially for for the the awesome new Land Raider T nine and all that that you've been seeing yep. the praises of, yeah. Um, giving uh, it, making it a two plus to hit. Yeah, obliterators as well. Um, you run in three obliterators. You probably not deep striking them if we're honest as Iron Warriors. Um, you stick this on them. You march them up the board, march them up the board, and uh, yeah, do some damage. Yeah. All right, unyielding metal. All right, this is a um, sort of an upgrade to the Warlord. Uh, add one to their toughness, uh, and each time they lose a wound on a 5+, plus, they don't lose a wound. Um, yeah? All right. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. You can imagine yeah. that on something like a Lord Discordant. Yeah. Toughness 7, 5 up, feel no pain, really hard to shift. Yeah. Uh, or, a, uh, or a Demon Prince. Or a Demon Prince, yeah. Make them yeah. much harder to shift. All right. Uh, Bastion. Okay. I, I quite like this one, but I always like abilities like this. Uh, so select one friendly core unit within six. It's a command ability. Uh, until the start of your next command phase, each time an enemy unit declares a charge against that unit, if they're not within engagement range of any enemy units, it can hold steady or set to defend. Cool. All right, More cool. importantly, they gain objective secured, and if they already had it, they count as an additional model. Very nice. Very nice. Like it. Yep. Get your that that's that that's the thing you stick on your Terminator brick in the middle of the table. Yeah, exactly. And if someone wants to charge you, you could overwatch and hit them fives. Or you could just yep. get plus one to hit in combat. Yep. Love it. All right. Architect of Destruction. All right. Another cool one here. Uh, another command ability. Um, so you select one friendly Iron Warrior's core or vehicle unit within six. 
Uh, and then if your army is engaged in wanton massacre or slaughter, so that's um, massacre is the rapid fire, etc. Slaughter is like the assault and combat weapon, weapons. So if you're in either of those, you're instead engaged in wanton destruction, which is heavy and rapid fire weapons. Um, so it's essentially you put them in the heavy doctrine, regardless of what turn it is. Nice. All right. Again, a a, a gross improvement over Imperial Fists. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I like the idea Gross of putting this on something like uh, Reaper Chain Cannon Havocs, or just any Havocs, to be fair, um, or maybe one of the Demon Engines, uh, the Forge Fiend with all its plasma. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good ability. Very nice. All right, last one. Implacable Taskmaster. Okay, so while a friendly Iron Warrior's core unit is within six inches of the Warlord, each time they're selected to shoot, if they made a normal move, then um, until its shooting attacks are resolved or have been resolved, it counts as having remained stationary. Uh, it's it's okay. Yeah. Um, Bolter Discipline is probably the main thing you get out of this, but I don't think we're really looking at a huge number of Bolters that need to count as stationary because obviously Terminators get Bolter Discipline. Right. Even if they move, right? Now, right. if it was if you advance, you count as stationary. That would be much more interesting. I'd be looking at it thinking... That would yeah. be really, really interesting because uh, it's normal move and it's core right. only. It's not that great. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an aura ability, so there's that. But yeah, no, unless you're, you've, you're, you're, you've got this on a character and you're trying to move up the table, normal moving and not advancing, mm-hmm. and just you've got three squads of Havocs around you or something, all right, then maybe. But Well, the Havocs ignore the heavy penalty. Oh, they do? Okay. I was just going to ask you, do Obliterators ignore it too? Yes, yes they do, yeah. Obliterators okay. ignore it as well. So this um, doesn't even help Havocs or Obliterators? Not, not really. Uh, best case scenario, you've got like three big units of Legionaries walking around with a Reaper Chain Cannon and maybe a Heavy Bolter. Um, right. And they're just walking around and shooting lots of stuff, which is right, so potentially a build. All in all, that one's not real great. No. The rest, the other five though, are all, yeah. there is a strong argument in favor of all five, the other five yeah. Warlord trades. I have to agree. Big fan of some of these. Very cool. All right. Let's talk relics. Okay. Axe of the Forge Master. Axe of the Forge Master. Tease me. Uh, <laughs> so this is for obviously an Iron Warriors model. Um, replaces a Power Axe, Exalted Power Axe, Axe of Dismemberment, or Demonic Axe. Okay. Well, let's go through what has these things. Um, so Power Axe is most of your sergeants for some of your basic stuff. So Raptors um, or... Oh, actually, Raptors can't take one. So your Legionary can take a Power Axe. Uh, and I think that might be it. Exalted Power Axe is any characters that have like a big axe. So like your Chaos Lord can have one, Chaos Terminator Lord. Um, the Exalted Champion has one of these. Okay. Um, and I believe the Warpsmith has one as well. Axe of Dismemberment is the um, Master of Executions. Uh, and the Demonic Axe um, is the uh, Demon Prince. Uh, right. I believe so. You can basically upgrade any of them to have this. Um, it's strength plus three, AP three, damage two, um, and an unmodified wound roll of six. They suffer one more wound in addition. If the target is a vehicle, they suffer three more wounds in addition to any normal damage instead. So basically, on six is to wound, it's one more wound, but if you hit a vehicle, it's three more wounds. Nice, I like it. Yes, yeah, right. I mean, and that that would stack with. The Master of Executions mortal wound ability, right? So Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it would. It makes him a bit more potent against vehicles as well, I suppose. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so stick sticking I mean the the master master of executions, you know, mm-hmm. along with the master of possession seem to be the, the most ubiquitous of the yeah. the models coming out of this uh codex, regardless of what legion you play. So Yeah. And and if you take the Flames of Spite Ward or trait, um that gives you bought wounds on sixes to wound as well and reroll wounds. Yeah. Um, so potentially you could be doing two more wounds on a six to a normal unit or four right. to a vehicle. Um, with this guy, yeah, pretty spicy. Very, I like it. All right, next one, Siegebreaker Mace. Right, so replaces a power maul. Once again, this is like a lot of the sergeants can get one of these. Um, a thunder hammer, so that's your chaos lord or your warpsmith. Um, a cursed crozius, obviously your dark apostle, or a cursed weapon, which is terminators and um, chosen. Uh, so when you select to fight, you make one additional attack using this weapon's smash profile. All of the other attacks must be made using this weapon's swing profile. So the swing profile is plus two strength, minus two AP, two damage. Um, now there's no, um, heat, you know, make two hit rolls for everyone here. There's nothing like that. It's just your attacks become plus two strength, AP two, two damage. And then you make one additional attack, which is times two strength, minus three AP, and D3 plus three damage. Okay. This is interesting. It's interesting that you replace a thunder hammer with it. Yeah. I guess there's no minus to hit. I could totally see replacing a, a power maul because nobody yeah. uses power mauls and there's a reason nobody uses power mauls. So, yeah. you know, I could yeah. see you swapping that out or maybe the accursed weapon. Even the accursed crozius because having your uh, dark apostle wandering around with this might be okay. Yeah. Except wouldn't you rather give him the, the black mace? Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. You can take this uh, for a sergeant. Uh, I believe I'm just going to double check. No, you can't take it for a sergeant. You can take the axe for the forge master for a sergeant, but not oh. this one. All right. So, all in all, it might have some play, but you and I are both struggling to think of where it would really. Yeah. Honestly, there's not a huge number of weapons that are better than the codex, like demon weapons and relics and things. Right. All right, uh, flesh metal exoskeleton. Now this is good. So this is infantry only. Okay, so sure it's limited to what you can put it on. Um, each time an attack is allocated to the bearer, minus one damage. Each time an enemy shoots or fights after it finishes making attacks, if the bearer lost any wounds but was not destroyed on a four plus, they regain d three wounds. Whoa! So this guy, you stick this on uh, something like a Terminator Lord. Um, or even your master of executions, if you like, uh, minus one damage. So he's got seven wounds. So you're hitting him. You're minus one damage. He's got a four up inv and a two up armor save with armor contempt. And then if you do hurt him, but you don't kill him, he's just going to get D three wounds back on a four. That's nice. I like that. It's a good thing it's locked to infantry because yeah, uh, it might be a problem. Oh, Steve, if you could stick that on a demon prince, that would just be stupid. That would just be out of control, ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah, even still, putting that on like a Terminator Lord or a Sorcerer in Terminator armor um, would be very cool. And you can just imagine your opponent's face when they're like, "Yes, I clipped him all the way down to one wound. I can finish him yep. in the what? He healed four wounds." Yeah. Oh, wah wah. So we filmed a members content video uh, which uh, had some all sorts of sound issues, so we could never um, release it. Um, and I made an Iron Warriors character because it was a sort of character arena showdown. Um, and I took this uh, and Siegebreaker mates in the character showdown. And I tell you that 
on a warpsmith flesh metal skeleton is, is really good. Very cool. And I guess the, this is the one faction I'm assuming we're, we'll talk about later, but this is the one faction where above all else you're going to want a warpsmith. Uh, yes, I think um, if you're not taking a warpsmith as iron, iron uh, warriors, you're probably not leaning into the faction as well as you could. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, next relic. Cranium Malevolus. Right, so this can be given to a cultist model, and they have the following ability. At the start of your shooting phase, roll 1d6 for each enemy vehicle unit within 9 inches of the bearer. On a 4 to 5, they suffer d3 mortal wounds. On a 6, they suffer 3 mortal wounds. Great, so um, stick this on a cultist character and run him in the middle of Jack Downing's Ravenwing list. That's right, that's what you do. Right. And then you obviously win. Correct. Um, Or Jack just then is slowed down and shooting you off the table. Got it. All right. No, yeah, not seeing a whole lot of play for that. Because no. if you're sticking this on a cultist model, you're sticking it on somebody who is going to be uber squishy. Yeah. And if you stick it on anyone else, it's, it's kind of pointless, really. Um, yeah. There's not enough vehicles in the meta at the moment to make no. this worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. Not to, well, well, it's like, oh, you ran it up to my dreadnought and you chipped a couple mortal wounds off me. Cool. Yay. Smash. All right. Uh, the Insidium. Right. Iron Warriors Infantry model only, excluding demon models. Um, okay. Bear gains the demon and demonkin keywords. Add one to the strength, toughness, and wounds characteristic of the bearer. Interesting. Yeah, I guess. So You'd stick it on a Terminator Sergeant and make him just extra beefy. So this could um, tie in well with the Master of Possessions abilities. Because he can buff demons, uh, demon kin. Oh yeah. Um, so you could potentially get to a three plus invun on a character if you did this, and there is a way of doing that. Um, I mean, the strength and toughness is nice. Demon and demon kin. Um, well, what it does do is, I think there's a fair few stratagems that affect core and demon kin a lot in the book. So you'd be able to use them now on uh, this character. And I think there's a couple, actually, um, that we'll cover later on. Uh, one in particular. That okay. This would now allow you to use on this character because they're demonkin. All right. I'm sure there's some big brain play here. There's probably a big brain play here that you and I are not quite seeing yet on top of the simple fact of plus one strength, toughness, and wounds is, is a nice little juice for, for yeah. a character. It's probably not the first thing you'd go to for like your Chaos Lord and Terminator armor, but it's also it's also not something that is totally above consideration or beneath consideration. So yeah, above or below, whatever. Uh, Spite Spitter, Spite Spitter. This is a um, replaces a Combi Bolter, Combi Flamer, Combi Melter, or Combi Plasma only. Um, it also replaces a Combi Bolter or the Balkan profile of any of the weapons I've just said. Um, it keeps the other profile exactly as it was. Um, so you'd still have your plasma melt or flamer um, stuff. So if you replace a combi bolter, so the full like storm bolter thing, um, it's 30 inch range, rapid fire 2, strength 5, AP 3, 2 damage. And if you replaced um, like the combi half of a combi plasma, etc., that's rapid fire 1. Um, but otherwise, the same profile. Okay. Um, you can put this on a sergeant if you wanted to. Probably not worth the CP, if we're honest. <clears throat> no. I am not seeing where that is worth the CP at all. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on. Techno Venomous Mecha Tendrils. Right, Warpsmith only. 
Um, and then I'll just double check, but I'm pretty sure the Lord Discordant still has the Warpsmith keyword because uh, I know he used to, but we'll uh, check that live. No, doesn't have the Warpsmith keyword anymore. That's interesting. So you can only give this to quite literally a Warpsmith. Uh, each time the bear repairs a model using its Master of Mechanisms ability, it regains up to three loss wounds instead of D3. Each time a bearer makes an attack with its mecha tendrils, if a hit is scored, the target suffers one mortal wound and the attack sequence ends. So this is an interesting way of getting some mortal wounds in there. Mm -hmm. Because um, mecha tendrils is basically four additional attacks um, with your warpsmith. That would normally only do one point of damage and... Yeah, AP zero, strength four, one damage. Yeah, so getting the ability to just chuck out four mortal wounds... Nice little handy thing to have. Yeah, yeah, not bad. I, I could potentially see it, you know, if you're running a warpsmith. Yeah. Again, it's not game altering. No. But it, you know, if you if you're looking at maybe maybe you're running a warpsmith and you just want to stick a second, um, you know, a second uh, a relic on him, and you yeah. don't want to give him the axe of the forge master for some godforsaken reason. Yeah. You can just give him this instead, I guess. Yeah. All right. So, that's it for the relics. A uh, couple, uh, couple cool pieces. One at least possible uh, tech piece, and then a couple yeah. of weapons that are very meh. Yeah, I think they're probably the flesh metal exoskeletons the the best one we're looking oh. at. And, and that's oh, only, hands down. Only if you're running an infantry character. And let's be honest, they're not that popular. Um, in yeah, the chaos book. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, but hands down, that flesh metal exoskeleton. If I'm running Iron Warriors, that that's getting into my list some way somehow. Yeah, yeah. So agreed. I mean, just again, I think that the psychological advantage of, over your opponent of you know almost killing your your chaos lord or whatever, <laughs> and then watching him just patch himself back up, and it's right then and there. It's it's in that phase. It's not even like oh, wait till the command phase and hopefully he lives long enough, and then it's your after any no enemy unit has fought so if he's charged by like three enemy units it's after each one has fought so you know he yeah it's it's cool i like yeah it. it's very cool it's that's just potentially so nasty love it all right um last but not least stratagems we got right. a pretty widespread here we got everything from one cp which is most of them to even mm -hmm. one that's up to a three cp yeah so all right, first one is bitter enmity. Going back to that whole, the Iron Warriors are bitter about everything. Yeah, uh, and they really are because this is uh, fight phase only. Um, each time you make a, a melee attack against an Imperial Fists unit or a unit that is a successor chapter of the Imperial Fists, I'm glad that's in there, um, you can reroll the hit roll and you can reroll the wound roll. Yes. For so the watch out, Imperial Fist players. Yes. For the for for when I finally dust my Imperial Fist collection off and bring them back to the table, I will watch out for this one, and so will the other three people that play Imperial Fist. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's move right. on. Moving on. Tank destroyers. Tank destroyers. Um, I was one CP by the way. That one, which is good. Um, yes, I actually think those stratagems should be free, or yes. at least once per game free. Something I don't know. Yes. Yeah, because they're so rarely used. I I use the one in the Space Marine book. I, I actually used it at LVO once because I had to go against, um, I forget, somebody was playing, I, I was a Chaos Marine opponent at, it might have even been, thousand, I think it was Thousand Suns that I was going yeah. against, but I was like, ha, I can use this strategy against you just yeah. to, yeah. 
Tank destroyers, right. So, use it in your shooting phase or fight phase. Select an enemy vehicle unit. Until the end of the phase, each time an Iron Warrior's Heretic Astartes model makes an attack uh, against that unit, an unmodified hit roller 6 automatically wounds the target. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, it, it, the fact that you're, you're playing it on one vehicle and then all Iron Warrior's units that shoot at it get the benefit it's potentially good, especially if you've got, you know, like a bunch of Terminator yeah. bolt combi bolter shots or yeah. a bunch of legionaries taking bolter shots. Yeah. Like you against know. knights, this is pretty good. Um, you know, especially if yeah. there's a big knight. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, it, that one definitely has some play. Hmm. Um, it's not going to be, again, game altering, but I think you could, there's definitely certain opponents where you're going to want to use that. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Dower Duty. Dower Duty. Uh, this is probably one of their best ones. Uh, use this stratagem in any phase when an Iron Warrior's core infantry or Iron Warrior's demonkin unit. This is the one I said that ties into that relic. Right. Is selected as the target of an attack until the end of the phase. Each time an attack is allocated to a heretic status model in that unit, subtract one from the damage characteristic of that attack. If that unit has a power rating of 10 or more, 2 CP, otherwise 1 CP. This is extremely strong. Yes. Yeah. Um, Terminators have three wounds. Chosen have three wounds. Uh, possessed have three wounds. You can use this on all of them. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. No, I can. I can definitely see where that's. That is a, a of the. I. I can see that getting played as often as something like transhuman. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah I think you're probably playing it every turn. Um, yeah. Yeah. Really good. Really good. Uh, all right, cold-hearted malignant. Although it does with the with the power rating limitation, it's kind of leaning into you playing MSU. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, two CP though to make a ten-man block of something minus one damage for an entire phase is still worth it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Especially but, yeah. if you've got your master possession right there to bring models back yeah. in the next turn or whatever. Yeah. All right, cold-hearted malignity. I like this one. I think it's quite unique. It's quite cool. Um, so you select one Iron Warrior's uh, core unit from your battle that's below half strength. Until the end of the battle, they auto-pass morale checks and uh, they re-roll, They add one to their hit rolls. Oh, all right. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's cool. Um, it, it sort of works better for larger units. Right. If you're running MSU and you're below half strength, you've got two models. Who cares? Exactly. Um, but yeah, if you're running a 10-man 10, 10 legionary unit, maybe. Um, I think this is quite nice. I also just noticed two things about this one. Mm-hmm. First off, I've got to mention, this is a 1 CP strat. Yeah. It says, use this stratagem at the start of any phase. Select a unit that is below half strength. Yes. If your master possession then puts them back above half strength, this doesn't say anything about the, ability, the effect going away. No. Also, um, it does not say use of- once per battle. Yeah, because it's the start of uh, any phase as well. This means you could auto-pass morale on a 1CP. Um, and you could use this any morale phase, like again and again. So if you've got a unit that's an Iron Warrior's core unit and you're worried about it failing a morale, you've got an auto-pass morale here that's 1CP. Um, yeah. I actually think that's, that's really good. Uh, you know, in, in, in the right circumstances, you don't want to have to spend 2CP on an auto-pass uh, morale and since it's once per game. Um, yeah, this is, yeah, this is good. yeah. Get get that Terminator breakdown just below half, 
And then here, half um, plus one to hit for the rest of the game. Yeah. And the master possession just keeps bringing models yeah. back up, just to just to be even more spiteful. So that also plays into the uh, yep. the Iron Warriors theme. Very strong. All right. Next one, methodical annihilation. Also one CP. Uh, yeah, I really like this one. So um, there's a few points here. Uh, so you select an Iron Warriors unit from your army when it's selected to shoot until the end of the phase. You reroll uh, one of its damage rolls. Not that huge because there's not a huge amount of like multiple damage things. It doesn't tie into this particularly well. Anyways, um, each time a model in that unit makes an attack with a weapon that has the blast ability, um, you double the number of models that your, uh, your target counts as uh, for the purpose of blast. So if you shot a unit of three models, um, they'd count as six and you'd get your D3 flat three. Um, or if you fire in a D6 shot weapon at them, you'd get minimum three. However, if you've shot an enemy unit with um, six models in it, um, then they'd count as 12 and you'd get your max number of shots. All right. Potentially cool. Yeah. Now, if, you, if your unit is a vehicle unit, then you can use your blast weapons in engagement range. Um, but on an unmodified hit roll of one, you suffer a mortal wound after your attacks have been resolved. So here's the situation. Um, you have a uh, Forge Fiend, which is firing 3d3 uh, blast, strength 7, minus 3, flat 3 damage shots uh, at your enemy. Mm-hmm. And it's a three-man unit. Boom, 1cp, you got nine shots. Right. Great. Uh, they're in combat with you, 1cp, nine shots, and you can shoot them in combat pretty good yeah yeah very good like very it. strong um i guess also if you're taking like missile havocs maybe um this could work quite well for getting a lot of shots out of their missile launches yeah uh yeah. and re-rolling the damage roll for a uh, a land raider laser cannon might be nice mm-hmm. yep yep could stack really well with um the only problem is you'd have to you'd have to play this when they're selected to shoot so it's not like a, oh i didn't like that damage roll i'm gonna play the strat now yeah it's a kind of plan ahead for it, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't, it seems like it's a utility strat that you could play at different times for different purposes, but you never, I can't, I struggle to, to imagine where you're going to play that on a unit and get all three benefits at once. Yeah. I, I don't think you will. Yeah. I don't think there's enough D6 or D3 damage. Yeah. Shoot. But anyway, but it's a, it's a nice little utility piece that mm. kind of keep in your back pocket. All right, now for the expensive one. Unholy Vigor, 3CP, 2CP. Right, and uh, it's good that it's expensive because it's pretty good. Uh, in any phase, when an Iron Warrior's Machine Spirit, so Land Raider, or Iron Warrior's Demon Engine Unit is selected as the target of an attack until the end of the phase, each time an attack is made against that unit, subtract one from the attack's wound roll. If they're Titanic, it's 3CP. Otherwise, it's 2CP. Um, if you don't want your Land Raider to die, you could probably put it in the middle of the table and spend 2CP and no one is going to kill it. <laughs> because it's toughness 9 and minus 1 to wound. Short of strength 10, which would now wound it on 4s. Right. What have you got that, that touches this thing? Right. Um, yeah. On another note, obviously, for 3CP, making a, um, oh, what are they call Lord of Skulls, Minus one. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's the only Titanic. Yeah. Uh, Forge World's got uh, the Kaitan, um, which is also Titanic, but keywords don't quite work yet. 
Right. Um, but yeah, even even on like something like a Morlafine, this is quite nice. Uh, on your Lord Discordant, also quite nice. Yeah, it's a good yeah. strat. Very cool. Uh, is is the Disco Lord a demon engine? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. All right. Uh, and then uh, cannon fodder two CP. Okay. So use this at the start of your opponent's shooting phase. Select an Iron Warriors infantry unit from your army. Select one friendly Iron Warriors cultist unit wholly within six of that unit. Wholly within six of that unit. To the That's end of the phase, cool. enemy models cannot target that Iron Warriors infantry unit if that Iron Warriors cultist unit is a closer eligible target. Okay. Now, this is 2CP, which already a bit expensive. Um, and the cultists have to be wholly within six. Um, which, personally, not a fan of. I think they, it could have been fine having it just within six. Because if you've got like a 20 block of cultists, you basically never get this off because it's going to be quite difficult to fit 20 wholly within six of. Yeah, they'd have to be marching as like a double, as a two rank like circle yeah. around the. Yeah. Uh, and also, I will say that uh, you could just have a Nurgle Iron Warriors infantry unit, spend two CP, and your enemy can't shoot them unless they're within 12 inches. And. They're the closest eligible target. So, unfortunately, I feel like this one's um, unnecessary or at least yeah. a little too difficult. Got it. All right. And then Spiteful Endurance, 1 CP. Yeah, great strat to have in the bag. Um, this is essentially, essentially any phase when you would lose a w- wound as a result of a mortal wound until the end of the phase. Each time that model or any other heretic start his model in its unit would lose a wound as a result of a mortal wound. On a 5+, plus, you don't lose that wound. Um, so, it's a 5+, plus feeling of pain uh, or shrug against mortal wounds for one cp not bad against you know some of the um more mortal woundy inclined yeah um you know if you're going into the double Catan list or thousand into t sons or gray knights and it works on anything yeah so i'm just trying to think of units that are like particularly mortal wound output intensive oh i i meant any like of your units so you could use it on like oh a- yeah your, your demon engines or your land raiders or or just a normal terminated block or, or anything. right which is also nice too that you're, you're not it's not core locked it's not infantry yeah. locked you can stick it on literally anything yeah so somebody thinks they're gonna you know do something cute with mortal wounds on a character mm-hmm. nope biofilm the yeah. pain and then That's he's cool. gonna yeah all right and then he's gonna use his uh flesh metal exoskeleton to heal you anyway uh-huh yeah <laughs> um so yeah no that's uh all right some some a uh, couple of good strats, couple of mediocres, and one or two yeah. skip. So all in all, a, a very fairly balanced. Yeah, I would um, say so. Um, yeah, fairly balanced selection. You're basically just doing minus one damage for the whole game, aren't you? Really? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. You're gonna do minus one damage the whole the whole game. You might re-roll a a damage roll for a vehicle or something, and then. You might want to pass morale. Um, and then you might get put the, the plus one to hit and, and auto pass morale for yeah. the rest of the battle on somebody. Yeah. So all right. Oh, and the tank destroyers wasn't bad for, for against certain opponents. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, something yeah. like the Silent King. That's a good example. Um Yes. Yeah, that's the one that I was thinking of was you know, he's he's such a an ongoing threat at events yeah. now. Yeah. That you gotta have a plan to deal with with the Silent King in case you run across him. So uh yeah uh all right so what are what do you think are like the three units that an iron warriors legion list can't leave home without um so i uh there might be more than three here but no okay go for it um 
I really rate the Warpsmith um, because I think you want to take some vehicles. The guy's tough. He's got a lot of pieces. Um, he's got a plasma pistol, a flamer pistol, a melter pistol. Um, he's kind of all-rounder, um, but he gives plus one to hit to a vehicle unit um, for ranged attacks, which is quite nice as a command ability. And, of course, he fixes vehicles. I think you have to go Lord Discordant because it's too fitting, um, and he's very good. And then I would say uh, in the rest of the list, I like Forge Fiends for their plasma. AP3 ignoring cover, flat three damage, I think is a very, very um, useful profile to have in the modern game. Um, you know, Tyranid Warriors, three wounds each. Um, you've got um, loads of Chaos Space Marines out there now, three wounds each. Um, lots of stuff with three wounds, so pretty handy. And of course, high AP um, for all your Armor of Contempt needs. I'm also a big fan of um, the Land Raider. I mean, I, I am anyway. We've already said this. Yeah, when we did our Night Lords review. You know, I, I, as I said, you could literally throw this thing in the middle of the ba- battlefield, stacked full of like 10 chosen, make it minus one to wound, and then next turn you can do whatever you want with all those chosen. Um, and then the turn after, you spend a CP, uh, two CPs, and the chosen a minus one damage. Um, so I think, yeah, chosen or terminators, definitely get them in there. Um, one unit of possessed is like seven power, so one CP makes them minus one damage, um, and that's really good on possessed. Obliterators, of course, um, it works on them too, and they've got five wounds apiece. So uh, minus one damage on a big three-man block of Obliterators for two CP, probably a bargain. Probably, yeah. What about the Mauler Fiend? I have a big big soft spot for the Mauler Fiend. I've got three. Um, I think you definitely could go Mauler Fiend um, if you wanted to do more of a combat-orientated list, but um, I think because of the ignore cover, um, shooting is just a, a lot a lot better uh, and I feel like the command abilities more favor shooting as well but you could probably chuck two in I think two is, is fair um, the only issue is that uh, your heavy support slots are going to be pretty stacked uh, as Iron Warriors uh, yeah because yeah, if you're taking a unit of a Blitz which you probably are um, maybe a unit of Havocs I really like Chain Cannon Havocs I think they work quite well here as well um, and maybe some other Havocs or a Forge Fiend or something doesn't leave you a lot of space for a Mauler Fiend. And if I'm honest, um, it's two or none for me when it comes to Mauler Fiends. Um, I don't know if that's just a, a way I see things. but um, Go big or go always, home. Yeah, exactly. Things always look better in at least twos um, to add that pressure. Yeah. All right. And then uh, would, you, do you, would you think that this is, it might be worth considering uh, using a Spearhead detachment? Or is that just the CP output's not worth it with in Nephilim world it's sadly probably not worth it yeah um, the CP output which is really sad um, I would love to see rules come back in where certain factions get refunded for specific types of detachments so like Iron Warriors would get refunded for a spearhead Night Lords would get refunded for an Outrider um, and maybe some Chaos faction would get refunded for um, a Vanguard detachment um, but yeah you never know uh, we can hope one day that happens, but uh, yeah, probably too expensive. There's a lot of good relics in this book um, yeah. and all of traits. So yeah, yeah. I am bummed, just as as the fan of siege combat that I am, mm. that there is not. And I know that that indirect fire got nerfed anyway, but it's kind of a bummer that there's no. I always wanted to see like an Iron Warriors list with a bunch of basilisks in it. 
Yeah. Like yeah, the Legion Basilisks. Yeah. yeah, having Legion Basilisks or some kind of Legion indirect fire tank mm. that's yeah. you know comparable to a Basilisk because that's that's what they would be using. That's what they should be using. And then yeah, it's not even an option in the book. They don't even have whirlwinds in this book. So I think in a post Nephilim world, the Forge Rod units shouldn't really have the CP tax on them that they have at the moment. Um, because it takes one CP to take like a whirlwind or a legion basilisk or something from right. the Forge World Index, um, and that's for each each one. Uh, if they got rid of that, I think a lot of people would be very happy that they get to use some of their fancy uh, Forge World models on the table. I've got a Sakaran sitting on the shelf, uh, and I'd love to use that again, uh, but costing a CP, uh, it's not really worth it. Right? Yeah, that that CP tax, like you said, in in a post Nephilim world, is not that needs to be rethought, and hopefully, you know, a lot of people are waiting anxiously for the. The Forge World um, re- revamp, yeah. Uh, so hopefully that'll that'll drop soon. We should be we're coming up on September, which I feel like that means we should be getting another balanced data slate sometime soon. Yeah. So and and maybe some points adjustments, and maybe when they do that, we'll get some Forge World uh, updates. So um, all right. Uh, anything else you want to throw in about Iron Warriors? Uh, not really. I think um, they are, when you look at them on their own, like they're just their three pages, they're not really anything special. Um, you know, the secondary is not great and stuff. Um, but when you can combine them with the rest of the book um, and specific units, uh, I think they are actually one of the better legions. Um, yeah. Yeah. Everybody right now is, you know, talking about Black Legion and Emperor's Children as sort of the two front running factions. Mm. But I, I, I don't see how Iron Warriors are not in that contention because they, along with Red Corsairs and Word Bearers, all have a lot of playability, and yet, you know, yeah. that's not what's what we're seeing. And maybe the book is still just too new, and there's hobby lag while people paint up their yeah, exactly. silver and gold models, but uh, hopefully we'll see some Iron Warriors on the table soon. Yeah, I'm sure we will. I'd love to run them on stream or something, because I do, of course, have a fair few Demon Engines, so that'd be quite cool. That would be very cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in yet again. We've got three more deep dives to do. Uh, no, I'm sorry, two more. We only have two more now. We're down. We've down to the wire here. We only have to do word bearers and creations of bile. Hopefully, we can get those knocked out uh, sometime soon. But I have this nasty feeling, this sense in the warp, that the demons are on the horizon since they just announced they're up for pre-order this weekend. Uh, so we will probably be doing. Steve and I will, will probably be doing. Uh, Codex Demons, taking a little break from CSM and we'll come back to get those last couple legions knocked out uh, sometime in the near future. So uh, either way, please stay tuned and we will let you know what is coming and uh, either way, it should be good stuff. So until then, this is Dave Colmel from Michael Costello saying it's my island. Bye.